Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Today we conclude our series on looking at the Sermon on the Mount and uh, we've covered so many subjects this week already. Not to worry, not to judge, to keep on asking in prayer. And yesterday we looked at the narrow and the wide gate and we ended up talking about false prophets. And uh, this is something that concerns you with regard to the church today. Oh, absolutely, because... um uh, you know, if if people believe what is false, then they are led into deception. And Jesus is the truth. His word is the word of truth. The spirit is the spirit of truth. And therefore, we really do need this discerning of spirit so that we will recognize what truly is from God and what is not. And what we saw yesterday is Jesus says the tree produces good fruit. And therefore, if somebody comes along and purports to have some word from God, but just look at the fruit in their lives first. What is this person producing? If they're not producing anything, then don't listen. If what they're producing isn't good, then don't listen. Because God is not going to send someone with a true prophetic word to you that does not bear good fruit. Because the fruitfulness that comes in a person's life um, depends upon the nature of the heart. If the heart is right, then there will be fruit and there will be good fruit. If the heart isn't right, then don't listen to them because, you know, what they're going to bring won't be right if their heart isn't right. So then Jesus says uh, one of the most challenging words that he ever spoke. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. This is another scripture that all Christians need to take seriously, just like we were talking yesterday about the narrow way. It's possible for people to call him Lord, possible for them to go to church, worship him every Sunday, and still not do his will. And uh, Jesus says, those who enter the kingdom of heaven will do the will of the Father in heaven. See, the point is this. If a person is truly saved, God has saved him to do the will of God here on earth, and then he can enjoy his reward in heaven. God has not saved us or anyone to do his own thing, to live his own way for his own ends. We are saved to do the will of God. And I often say to people, God didn't save you to get you to heaven. He saved you to do the will of God on earth and then to go to heaven. Is it possible to think we're doing the will of God, but all the time we're not? Well, that can be part of the deception. I'm sure a lot of people who say, Lord, Lord, think they're safe, but they're not actually fulfilling the word of God and therefore the will of God. How do we know what the will of God is? Well, we've, we've been talking about that these last weeks. Here in the Sermon of Mount, uh, on the Mount, you have encapsulated the will of God for the way in which a Christian is to live here on earth. This is a sermon about how to live the life of the kingdom here on earth, basically. And so there are certain things you you will do and certain things you will not do because they're inconsistent with the life of the kingdom. And one one of the things that Jesus is saying is, well, you won't be someone who just speaks the words, Lord, Lord, 
but you're someone who will be actually submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and therefore submitted to his will and therefore you will be outworking his word in your life in the power of the Spirit and therefore you will be walking on the narrow way. Therefore, you will be in right relationship with God and in right relationship with others. You see, the whole thing hangs together in a unity. But he goes on to say, even if you prophesy in my name, drive out demons in my name and perform many miracles in my name, yet I may not know you. Absolutely. Yes, you see, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Well, God has put great power and authority in the hands of Christians. But you see, Jesus, who had much more authority and, and power than any of us, never used it in his own way, but only in obedience to the Father only to do the will of the Father. So he said, I speak no words of my own, only the words my Father gives me to speak. I do nothing of myself. In fact, he said, I can do nothing of myself. I do only what I see my Father doing. In other words, if it's not the will of the Father, I'm not going to do it. And Jesus in his humanity lived under the authority of his Father, and we are to live under the authority of Jesus Christ. So, there are people that say they prophesy in the name of Jesus, but actually they're not interested in exalting Jesus, but only exalting themselves. They want to be known and recognized as prophets, and there are people that do miracles in that same way. And this perplexes some people. They say, well, why should, why should those miracles take place? And that is because of God's love for the people that receive the miracles. But Jesus calls them evildoers. Yes, the, the evil doers is the motive out of which they have, they have acted. In other words, there will not be the heavenly reward because their motive was selfish rather than to glorify God, rather than to be obedient to what he was saying. Paul says something similar, doesn't he? That there are people that preach the gospel out of wrong motives and there are people that preach the gospel out of right motives. But then he says, but even when people preach out of wrong motives, thank God that at least the gospel is being preached. But those who preach out of wrong motives or those here who act out of wrong motives won't receive a reward for what they've done. But whatever you do in obedience to God always produces a reward. Sometimes that reward is now, sometimes that reward is in heaven. And then Jesus sort of sums all this up by this illustration of the wise and foolish builders. And here you will see confirmation of what I've just taught. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, this is the wise man. He hears the word and he puts it into practice. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now, in this illustration, what is the rock? The rock is not the word of God. The rock is doing the word of God. It's putting the word of God into practice because look what happens to the other guy. 
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So what is the rock? It's putting the word into practice. What is the sand? It's not putting the word into practice. See, even the foolish man heard the word, but he didn't do it. Now, all of you listening to me, you hear what Jesus is saying in this parable. You hear me teaching on it and unpacking what it means. Now, the wise ones among you will put it into practice, and the foundation of your life will be on rock. The foolish ones will hear all this, but won't do it. In which case, your life is still on sand, not on rock, and there won't be any reward because you're not really submitted to the word of God in your life. And what happens if you build on sand? Well, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And we just need to finish the, the chapter because what, what is said at the conclusion of the parable, of the, um, the Sermon on the Mount, is of great importance. When Jesus has finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching. Why? Because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. You see, the teachers of the law said, do this and this and this and this and don't do that and that and that and that. But it was just like a lot of rules and regulations. Now, Jesus has just given a whole series of commands in this sermon. Do this, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But it comes as life, not as law, because it's all focused around your love for God, doing the will of God, being submitted to him, not just saying, Lord, Lord, but doing the will of your Father who is in heaven. And when you do the word of God, you're on rock, not sand. And when you do the word of God, you produce life. You produce life in yourself. You produce life in others. What we don't want is people going around teaching without experiencing what they teach, without living what they teach. Uh, you know, we have a, a Bible college here, and we're training students all the time for ministry. And one of the things I say to them is until you live the word, you haven't got anything to teach. Because if you just teach out a theory, it comes across as theory. But when you're teaching out of your own practice of the word, life is imparted to other people. And the only thing I would say at the end of this is that there isn't one of us that measures up perfectly to what Jesus is saying in this sermon. But that doesn't mean that we shrug our shoulders and say, well, you know, it's just not possible. Oh, yes, it is. It's all possible in the power of the Holy Spirit. The more we depend upon the Spirit within us to live out the, the life of the gospel in and through us, the more we depend upon him, then the more successful we shall be in living this. And this is what is going to glorify the Lord. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 